Well, welcome to the Story of Hope podcast, where we share stories of how Bible translation brings hope to the people groups of the world. My name is Alex Winslade. I work here at Wycliffe Bible Translators New Zealand in the office, doing a lot of communications work and just sharing about what we do. And I'm joined again by my co-host. My name is Esther, and I am the front person of the band Eversmith. We've been working with Wycliffe Bible Translators New Zealand for a really long time as ambassadors. And... Um, Today we are doing a little bit of a different thing. We don't have a guest. We're going to be sharing on a theme. And our theme for today is All Together Now, uh, highlighting the concept of partners with answers, which we will get a bit more into later on. And just as a reminder, um, our podcast, the Story of Hope podcast, is a part of the NRT podcast network. So we're really grateful to them for being part of that. Mm. Yeah, so we'll start with our icebreaker. We love starting with um, sharing a bit about how the Bible has encouraged um, and impacted us recently, just because um, if we're going to be passionate about sharing the Bible with others, we better be passionate about it in our own lives. So um, do you want to start, Esther? Yeah, sure. Um, so mine's kind of a combination of today's reading and um, something that has been a recurring thing over a period of time. So Last year, at the beginning of the year, um, a really significant and tragic thing happened in my life. And uh, at that time, I, I sought the Lord and I was like, God, what are, you, what are you saying to me about this at this time? And he spoke a couple of things. One of them was about um, something that I could do with my heart, um, which was basically the word he gave me was the extent to which you repent is the extent to which you will survive. And I tried to, you know, live that and um, apply it through the whole year. But the other thing that he said to me was, don't rush the process. And that's kind of been a recurring thing in my life. And then today I was reminded again, um, I read a chapter of Proverbs every day. If you didn't know, there is one chapter of Proverbs, which is the wisdom book uh, for every day of the month. So it's a great way to just make sure you're getting some biblical wisdom in your life. And verse 2 of chapter 19, which today is the 19th in the US, but it's the 20th in the Southern Hemisphere. Um, it was... Uh, also, it is not good for a soul to be without knowledge, and he sins who hastens with his feet. And it was just interesting to me, and it stood out to me as that's been a recurring thing, but not just that, the concept of uh, knowledge being, lack of knowledge rather, being attached to haste. And a lot of times we just haven't got full information when we choose to be hasty, and it's a really, really great reminder to... Make sure you know all the things before you <laughs> dive in, which sometimes can be an interesting thing in faith because we have this concept of you don't have to see to believe, but um, we can talk more about that another time. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's a really important reminder um, just because in our world every everything is rushed and there's just yeah. this pressure to do things on such a quick timeline. So it's, it's quite yeah. countercultural to slow down. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Mm. And I think a lot of the time when you are going through weighty things and heavy things, you kind of just want a resolution. And mm. yeah. that's not always going to produce the fruit and the results that are needed to actually see significant change or repentance. Mm. So, um, mm. and repentance can happen really, really quickly, but the fruit of repentance is only seen and known over time. So, um, yeah, it's just a really great challenge. I think both of the things that God spoke to me at that time have gone hand in hand in a lot of ways. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, thanks for sharing that. No worries. Um, my little bit, um, something that impacted me was just the other day this week, I was reading um, Psalm 105 and then verse 3 to 5, it says, um, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he added. So I have had a, a lot on my plate recently and um, it's been sort of getting to the point where I'm starting to get a bit overwhelmed by it all. But I read this and there were sort of um, three things that just were clearly laid out as a a, a good fresh perspective to take. Uh, the first one is to rejoice. Um, mm -hmm. So let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. And it, I was reminded that, yes, I can be still seeking the Lord, 
but he, that's not the only thing that he asks me to do. It's to rejoice in that and yeah. to be glad and to sort of have that perspective of um, not focusing on the, all the negative things, but I actually do have reason to be glad every single day. And um, that was the first part. And then the second one is to seek the Lord and his strength continually. Um, and it just is like the, the act of seeking requires action and volition on my part. And it's, I was reminded that even though God will readily give me his strength in me being conscious of actually seeking him, it's me acknowledging my need for him and his strength, because often I can, you know, forget that and want to do things on my own. (laughs) Um, And then the last point was to remember the wondrous works he's done. I think Um, it's actually all throughout scripture. And even um, I've been going through the old Testament at the moment and countless times um it says remember what the lord did for you remember Mm -hmm. he brought you out of egypt when he's talking to israel and it's just yeah it's been hitting me a lot of just looking back and remembering how he's brought me through things in the past and that i think feeds my hope and trust that he'll bring me through whatever i'm going through right now yeah it's um remembering is often where we're able to engage in thanksgiving because our Mm. remembrance sort of leads us to go, oh, yeah, that was amazing. Thanks, God. And that that scripture that you're sharing is quite a parallel to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, ceasing, and with everything give thanks, for this is the will of God, Um, Mm. which is sometimes an interesting concept to think about, it being God's will that we rejoice always, especially in a world where being depressed is almost um, glorified. Um, and it's not that depression isn't and and mental health isn't an important thing to walk through with honesty and with gravity and mm. and you know it says mourn with those who mourn for and blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted so it's not like we're trying to avoid our sadness or anything but it's an amazing thing in the midst of that grief to experience the joy of the Lord and so yeah. cultivating that lifestyle can be so powerful so I love that. Mm. So good. Mm. Yeah. Also very encouraging when you do have a lot on your plate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, Awesome. Well, uh, I'll talk a little bit more about the theme now. We've kind of got a little written introduction, so I'm just going to read that. Um, What we've written down is, it's a blessing to have our prayers answered, which I think we can all agree on. Um, I actually yeah. <laughs> had a specific example of that today where I'd seen a friend on the weekend and she seemed really weighed down and heavy. And so I, I began praying for her because I noticed that and I, I wasn't able to at the time check in with her and see what was wrong. But I, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to start praying for her. Well, <laughs> today a really weird situation happened at the gym where I work, where um, one of the girls that comes to one of the classes, she she bought me a coffee, and um, but she gave it to me before the workout. I did my workout, and then I did some other stuff, and then I rushed out of the gym forgetting my coffee. And uh, <laughs> and so I sent a little message to the girl who did, does my job after me and said, hey, um, either take this yourself or bless someone with it. And the girl that was coming in after her looked at this thing and she was like, uh, what's this coffee? And she's like, oh, I'm just going to throw it away. And she, was, and she was like, unless you want it. And this girl has been going through a situation where her husband has become jobless. And, um, and so they've been cutting out things in their life. And she had jokingly said to a friend the day before, I really need him to get a job so I can have Starbucks again. Well, (laughs) this drink that I had forgotten happened to be the exact order that she gets from Starbucks, the exact size, every single thing. And she, she got it for free and she was just like, oh my gosh, God does care about me. It's such a little thing. And I obviously don't need coffee (laughs) or especially not Starbucks, you know. Um, (laughs) And I was just like, wow, it's so cool that God used my forgetfulness for her good. Like, (laughs) and Mm -hmm. he answered a specific prayer as well. I'd I'd been worried about her. And um, through this situation, she then had reached out to me to tell me the story. And then I learned what Mm -hmm. had been going on that had been making her seem so weighed down and now I can pray a bit more with understanding so anyway that was a long 
diatribe relating to that <laughs> fact that it's a blessing to have our prayers answered. And in yeah. some ways, it's an extra blessing to be used by God to be the answer to someone else's prayer, which obviously I just shared about. It's amazing. Um, as the born-again, Bible-believing body of Christ, the church, together we can be the answer to Jesus' prayer that he made himself. In John chapter 17, Jesus prayed to the Father that we would be unified. When we choose to work together for the purpose of the world coming to know Jesus was sent by our Father in heaven, we get to be the answer to that prayer. And we call this unity with purpose, which I mentioned earlier. That purpose being that the world knowing God and Jesus is the Son of God, and that knowing is open to the people of every nation and involves growing in a divine father and child relationship. Um, so we're going to start out by sharing a song called uh, All Together Now, which is the theme of today. Uh, it's a song that my brother and my dad and I have written together and uh, basically outlines this theme for us. And then Alex and I will discuss the lyrics a little bit. So check it yeah. out. Uh, I actually quickly just want to jump in and discuss that intro a little bit. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, I think it's a, it's, it's definitely quite a true notion that we, as the body of Christ, when we're unified, we, you know, um, we take part in Jesus' will for us. And I think um, just wanted to sort of like point out the way I interpret that um, as the body of Christ together, we can be the answer to the prayer of Jesus himself. That's, um, yeah, when we're coming together in unity, we're taking part in Jesus' will for us, which is what is reflected in his prayer. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I just wanted to like jump in because from my end, wanted to make sure there's no misunderstanding that um, because we're not, answering Jesus' prayer on our own strength. <laughs> it's, it's the type of unity that he's praying for is the, the way that he's united with the Father, which is through the Holy Spirit, and just that we can only be united in that way through the Spirit. Um, yeah, just wanted to jump in at that. Yes, yeah. yes. And it's an interesting mystery too because um, Jesus has completed his work uh, and that mm. the work of the cross is final. And, and so... In him, we actually are already already one, but we're all also working out our salvation with fear and trembling. Yeah. Or, um, yeah. And so there's this already not yet factor, um, even yeah. in, in, in our unity and in our oneness. And so, um, yeah, this is such an interesting topic to delve into because of that kind of duality um <laughs> so i appreciate mm -hmm. you i appreciate you bringing that out for sure um because yeah it's it is important to remember that god uh god uh, god answers prayers <laughs> so yeah. yeah 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 for sure but yeah let's play yeah. the song and then we can discuss yes you and i need to come alive and go
song i it's like we talk about you um and all your music all the time but we don't often get to listen to it so it's like <laughs> i feel like i get to like understand you a bit more when i yeah actually listen to your music yeah um is that is that a new song or actually it's a um relatively new iteration of a song we've had for a long time um oh, okay yeah. and it's kind of carried um our heart and vision and uniting with Wycliffe for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. When when we first came on board, um, Wayne Freeman was the director. And uh, when I met with him, our songs, uh, our, our podcast theme song, Story of Hope, was the song that I wrote at that time. And we now have a new version of that. But then... Uh, as we started working with him and understanding more about the vision, there was a specific goal of Vision 2025 when we first came on board, where right. that uh, Wycliffe yep. around the world were believing um, for a translation to be started for every people group that needed one by the year 2025. And so the song actually started as a song that was called Vision 2025. And Mm -hmm. then it's kind of developed from there. We've changed the lyrics, changed the melody, changed the arrangement um, over time, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of landed where it currently is. And, uh, yeah, I I enjoy enjoy this version right now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, um, (laughs) so yes. Yeah. So it was – the concept of it initially started from the partnership with Wycliffe or was it before then? Yeah, started from the partnership oh. with Wycliffe and then really mm. understanding the goal of the Great Commission and how it needs all of us together. And then for mm. us, mm. we see uh, Bible transla- translation as such a vital part of the Great Commission even being able to come to pass because Jesus said... Mm. Um, to be a disciple, we must continue in his word. And so without Mm. his word in people's native languages, there's a barrier to people becoming Mm. true disciples of Jesus. And so I feel, and we feel that Bible translation is such a key. And so as we, as we sort of brought the lyrics out of the song, um, we wanted, we wanted it to be a call to arms, so to speak, uh, and helping people Mm. to, understand hey we can all play a part in this big or small no matter what um we want to see the great commission happen we want every nation discipled um i think the bridge was one of the parts that kind of came later and it it says Mm -hmm. um for eternity we want to bring to pass the great commission which is to go disciple every nation we need your word in every tribe and tongue uh, you've called your church to get the job done. And so mm-hmm. wanting to help people to understand that it's not just for missionaries, it's for the mm-hmm. whole church to be part of seeing this happen. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of where the heart of it all came from and um, mm-hmm. sort of grew from there. That's really cool. 
Um, obviously, we've mentioned that the title or theme of this episode is all together now, and I see that mm-hmm. it's actually a, a, in the lyrics. So mm-hmm. just wanted to go there. You say, um, Father, all together now, more than ever now, we can meet the need, rediscover how to love one another now. And it goes on. But I just kind of wanted to ask you if we could unpack that line, um, rediscover how to love one another. Where, where did that kind of come from? Um, so in where Jesus is praying uh, for unity, uh, a lot of the context there is that the Father loves the Son and the Son loves the Father. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, he also says, you'll know my disciples by their love for one another. And I think mm-hmm. love and unity go hand in hand. And um, mm-hmm. and so I think there's such a beautiful thing when you put aside your differences and choose to enjoy one another for the actual diversity mm-hmm. that is carried. Um, and that can be diversity of thought or just diversity of culture or, or whatever. Um, and that's the thing yeah. about the church. It's such a diverse entity uh, worldwide. Yeah. And people have such varying backgrounds and experiences and all of those sorts of things. And so I think for me, if we can start with the love element toward one another, then the unity will flow from there. Mm. Um, yeah, and I really like that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, and 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 it's also just coming from this understanding of um, that the you know we we have these three great things that are highlighted to us to the church in the the Corinthian church where um, Paul is teaching these people, hey. I want you to be able to edify the church. I want the church to be able to grow and do all of these things. I want you to be a church that has the gifts of the spirit and you're functioning and you're serving one another. Uh, But the context is faith, hope, and love and the greatest of those being love. And so um, I think there's so much with mission, you know, in that 1 Corinthians 13 chapter where it's talking about love as the context for for the working of the Holy Spirit through gifts. Mm. Um, It says you can give everything that you own to the poor, but without love, it's a clanging gong. And to me, that's quite Mm. captured my heart and my, my thinking to understand and know, wow, I could give away everything I own and do it without any love. Mm. So I could have my life completely determined toward mission and do that without any love. And so if we have that, yeah. that love factor first, then the mission is going to flow from there. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, that's kind of where that comes from. That's so good. Yeah, I like that you highlight the that loving and unity is enjoying diversity because um, I think that's that's really where it makes it hits me where you're saying we need to rediscover how to love one another because I think in today's world, loving people is maybe seen as just loving people who are like you and yeah. and unity is maybe seen and equated with uniformity but that's not the type of unity that we're called to in the church it's not it's, at all yeah yeah the diversity that we have and the different gifts that we have and and loving people in the way that they are the image of Christ that may be different to the way that I am but that together we actually create a broader picture yeah. Christ, yeah. Well, and that even speaks to that beginning line, all together now, more than ever. And I think mm. the reality of the situation is we're more connected than we ever have been in the world. So mm. thus, it's much easier to see worldwide activation for something, uh, which we've mm. seen very, very clearly with, um, you know, when the earthquake happened um, for mm. Syria and Turkey, the whole entire world was activated to support them. Um, it, it was immediate and it wasn't just a governmental effort. It was, you know, people mm. on the ground just mobilized by social media and so, yeah. so incredibly connected. And, um, yeah. and so we have this incredible capacity to connect and to relate and to do all of these things. And, and but, but also we have this incredible capacity to actually look and see throughout the body of Christ now, wow, um, 
there's this need over here. And actually, we know where we can be connected now with a church in that area, then then rather than necessarily actually having to go to that place Mm -hmm. and we can provide support and funds to those people who are already there, already have relationships. Whereas in the past, we may not have known how to connect with those same people because we didn't have the same connected element of, you know, the internet, (laughs) social media and all that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So um, I do, I really do believe that more than ever, we can meet the need. Um, and so, but it has to be rooted and grounded in love and unity. So, mm. yeah. Mm. That's cool. Yeah. And you've already um, mentioned that the end part of the bridge is you've called your church um, to get the job done. So that's mm-hmm. sort of <laughs> going straight into the, the uh, partners with answers aspect of things. So I don't know if we want to yeah. go into the questions on that yeah for sure so uh talking about our theme all together now and the and the concept of partners with answers um we we've developed some questions for today for each other and the first one is (laughs) how can we develop the partners with answers unity with purpose which is the partners with answers brand um the tagline is unity with purpose and um i jotted down a couple of thoughts um, that this is kind of a really, really big concept. And um, if anyone's mm-hmm. interested in delving into where all of this comes from and um, all of the kind of scriptural references we have and all of that sort of thing, we'd be happy to connect with you and, and send you information. But um, for me, a key way to develop any kind of unity is to make sure that the vision is clear. And um, Habakkuk 2.2 says, write down the vision, write it clearly on clay tablets so that whoever reads it can run to tell others. And um, I think a lot of times uh, when there have been calls for unity in the past, it has, um, to varying success, been... um, a lot of a, a lot of the time, like unity for unity's sake, but not mobilized for a specific purpose, and so it's hard to keep the unity going because people ultimately, you know, the churches might come together for this one thing, but then they kind of go back to their own thing, and mm. it's not maintained. And so, I think a great starting point is helping people to see and understand a vision for unity that actually can be ongoing, that can have a purpose, Mm. that has specific outcomes. And so starting with getting the vision clear and helping people to understand that is great. And then in Psalm 66, 11, it says, The Lord gave the word and great was the company that published it. And so I also think that a huge key is getting as many um, key leaders that are going to catch the vision on board so that it can be a unified front that is expressing the vision as well. Um, Mm -hmm. So those are a couple Mm -hmm. of thoughts that I had written down. I'm I'm not sure what you've got, but I'd love to hear. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I would probably agree that having a clear vision is quite important. Um, and I think what we've already touched on before, which is um, the developing that love, I think, um, is quite an important thing. So it's it's um, recognizing that we are all part of the body of Christ and what is it that actually unites us. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so being united in that way first before um, being united for, like, a specific like a small goal that we've made here on earth. Like that's our, uni- like, yes, we can be united in that, but initially it's um, united in love of Christ and all being the people of God and the body of Christ. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I hadn't really developed it into applicable points. <laughs> yeah. It's actually really interesting yeah. looking at church history on some mm. of, some of these kinds of topics because the, Apostles in the early church were quite 
concerned about um, uh, they were quite concerned about unity and not letting divisions come in. You know, the mm. first four chapters of 1 Corinthians, Paul's saying to the Corinthians, hey, you guys are so, so divided. You have sectarianism mm. going on where one of you is like, oh, I'm, I'm of Paul. And one of you is like, I'm yeah. of Apollos. And one of you is like extra holy and I'm of Jesus. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. and uh, obviously it's a great thing to have our faith rooted and grounded in Christ. But when we're so attached to our ideals and, and all of these sorts of things, rather than um, the bigger picture of why we're here, collectively mm. um i mean mm. it's it's wild to me that so many people read the bible is obviously for us personally you know but it's also mm. not for us personally it's for all of us mm -hmm. collectively like yeah. god wrote yeah. it to all of humanity <laughs> and um yeah and it's so funny that we'll read a book like philippians and take out a specific scripture for ourselves personally and Obviously, you can do that, and it's wonderful, and God can speak to us through through His Word personally, mm. and it's beautiful and all of that mm. sort of thing. But the context is He's actually talking to a whole church. Mm. And so it's like, um, how do we get people to come back to the understanding of, hey, these things were written so that people could work together and live together and function together and grow the church together. And, um, and you know, I think a, a really, really key important thing is looking back and seeing, well, the early church fathers, they would have regular gatherings where they'd come together and be like, hey, well, what are we agreed on? Because we can easily mm. talk about all of our differences. And that's where the different catechisms came from and the different apostles' mm -hmm. creeds came from where um you know i believe in god the father <laughs> and all of those mm -hmm. sorts of things mm -hmm. where they took the key doctrine of scripture and went well what's a summary that we can all agree on um mm. and again to me that's kind of putting the vision in front of people and it's really interesting in the way that the church is now with so many denominations we're in Mm -hmm. evangelical in the evangelical church for example across um the western world we're not talking that much we don't have a whole lot of like agreed coming together where we see those key doctrine being outlined uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> and so and so yeah that's why i think i'm kind of like man we just we need to put in front of the church as a whole, a vision where everyone can be like, okay, despite our differences, yes, this is here. And that's going to mobilize the church to be much more effective in fulfilling the Great Commission and the actual unity that we were intended to do it in. Mm, yeah. I like that you um, brought up that passage where there's division in the church about I follow Paul, I follow Paulos. Because um, what I quite like about that passage, I think it goes on to say that um, you know, one waters the seed, one's planted it, but mm -hmm. it's God who makes it grow. Yeah. Um, and I think having that perspective is just so important. And it's also freeing, realizing I don't carry the weight of needing to see this ministry flourish. I'm just obediently doing what God's asked me to do and he will make it grow. Yeah. Um, and I think if we share that um, perspective, then it unites us as well because we, yeah. we're all serving God and he's the one who makes it grow. Mm -hmm. And it also mm -hmm. makes no space for jealousy where we look at each other and go, oh, they've got this or they've got that. We can mm -hmm. then celebrate what's going on because we realize, oh, wow, that makes them mm -hmm. able to do this specific thing that they're called to do that we don't have to be called to do. So thank goodness, mm -hmm. like, you know, I, yeah. <laughs> I know, for example, that, um, my my main calling in life um, is not to uh, work 
on a production crew at a church, you know, mm-hmm. like <laughs> but I can look at the production crew when they're doing an awesome job and be like, wow, I'm so grateful that, that God created people like that so that I can mm-hmm. be over here doing this thing and just not even worry. But like we mm-hmm. all know when someone didn't do it good because everyone immediately looks at them, right? <laughs> so it's like yeah. I would hate to have that kind of pressure, but these people yeah. thrive in that environment. They're like, oh my gosh, I love the challenge of putting all these pieces together and all of that sort of thing Mm -hmm. and the Mm -hmm. church is like that on every level and um, for some reason we get weirdly jealous when people do well and when um, people Mm -hmm. thrive or when they grow to a certain level like sometimes big things are needed to shake things up and sometimes little things can be an incredible seed like I've I've heard stories Mm -hmm. of missionaries going to a specific place serving for 20 30 plus years and not seeing anyone saved but this the seeds that they sowed in those people over all of that period of time when the person that God brought in next the ground was prepared because those people had served Mm -hmm. and then the harvest was insane. And then there's other times where a missionary will go somewhere and they have an an immediate impact. And it's just, if we do have, as you say, the one person sows, one person waters and God brings the increase concept, then we Mm -hmm. don't have to worry about producing results. And that's Mm -hmm. such a beautiful, beautiful thing. For sure. Yeah. So what, what would we say are some, I guess, obstacles to this unity with purpose that you're discussing? Well, the scripture says that pride is the root of all contention. And so mm-hmm. I think part and parcel with everything we're talking about, um, there's definitely pride in the world. And and I, I would say that pride is a huge obstacle to any move of God happening Um Uh, Another factor that I had written down is um, people tend to get preoccupied with their own thing and especially their own busyness. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I mean, the amount of people that I personally know who think their lives are so, so, so busy but actually have so much time is wild. Mm -hmm. Um, I think people in – you kind of hit on it earlier where you talked about how there's so much – rush and haste and um, pace in this life I think people are addicted to busyness (laughs) and they like to feel they like to feel important because their lives are full and when you have that mindset um, I once heard someone talking about uh, in the Old Testament when the law is being set up part of the law is that um, when you Worked in your worked in your field, you weren't to glean right to the very edges. You had to glean to a certain mm-hmm. point and leave the edges so that the poor could come in and take from the sides. And um, mm-hmm. this person related that to time. If we have our lives mm-hmm. full to the brim, all the way to the edges, we don't have space for the poor and the needy and people who need us mm-hmm. to come in. And I I think. Uh, that can totally relate in a unity sense. If we're so focused and busy with everything that we're doing, we might miss opportunities to actually work together. Um, Mm. And uh, so, yeah, I think that can be a obstacle. And then we already kind of touched on this, but that sectarianism factor, we have Mm. such Mm. a a weird, Paul actually calls that being carnal. (laughs) And I think there's a lot of, carnal stuff going on in the church where we have our own preferences and we kind of look at other things we look at diversity and we go oh yuck they're doing this so wrong instead of having our hearts Mm -hmm. open to realize um, we can learn from from other people we can learn from different things I mean there are plenty of things that I could list as being problematic in Catholic theology for example however I was blessed to go to a Catholic high school and met some incredible human beings who have a true and pure and wonderful faith in Jesus and see his power at work and live their lives in an incredibly challenging way. Um, And so uh, 
I'm, I'm, I just am so grateful for that experience of having been surrounded by that because in the church circle that I grew up in, people are brutal about the Catholic Church. And I'm, so, I'm just so glad that I experienced um, the opposite, how wonderful those people can be because otherwise I probably would have been very prejudiced. And um, that seems to be quite prevalent. So those are some of the obstacles that I can think of. Have you mm. thought of any factors that, um, yeah, in addition to those things, um, we've sort of touched on it, but um, how people nowadays it's more just um, get together with people that are like you and have the same vision and values as you. And I think mm-hmm. creating space for dialogue and disagreement and that being an okay thing mm-hmm. is quite important because um, I think there's this tendency in our culture today to if someone has anything remotely different, a different perspective to you, it's like you just kind of like go back into your own way and you don't want anything to do with them. There's like this cancel culture and I think that yeah. can be quite um, destructive for this unity with purpose that we're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, to be able to, and even, because um, you may not be able to work through disagreements, but for that mm-hmm. space of being able to talk about it being okay, you actually get to know people who have different views to you and then you're less likely to... Yeah. not want anything to do with them because there's more to people than their opinions. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. absolutely. There is a really fine line with that, though, because I think mm. um, if you become too universal, then anything goes. Mm. And course, um, yeah. so yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, that can be a difficult thing because I think there, there are certain periods where you have to draw a line and say, actually, no, that's not okay and we're, we're not going to partner with that because that's going to lead to yeah. these certain things. So we're not just saying like, <laughs> oh, let's just partner with everyone and let everything in, you know. Yes. Um, yeah, it yeah. Defin- and yeah. I think that's why it comes back to the vision being such a core key factor at the beginning yeah. because then you know what you're aligning with and you can understand, okay, I actually agree with that and I'm going to carry that. And it bring and at times when there is disagreement, it brings you back to the main thing. And I remember one of the things that I loved about my parents' marriage when I was a kid is that they had determined that the Bible was the bottom line. And I remember they had some very sharp disagreements. And then one of them would come back to, well, we're not agreeing. What What does the word say about this? And they would come back to that core central value system that they had decided to base their life on. And obviously, as the church, we should all be wanting to do that. But if we've also brought out something that we're agreeing upon as a vision, then we can we can mm. bring things back to the main thing and um, kind of mitigate that issue. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's very important going into space of dialogue of knowing these are things that are non-negotiable on and these yeah. are, the, you know core beliefs and then what are, yeah, the others. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Um, well, going from there, um, we have this idea of creating a Partners with Answers app. And um, the basic essence of that app is that in, in the app we would provide a way of um, indexing a lot of the different work going on within the Partners with Answers network so that people at a glance could see, hey, these people are here already doing this thing and people, these people are here already doing that thing. And, um, and it would have other functionality, but that's kind of the core idea. And so our next question is, how might a Partners with Answers app provide access to all of us to engage in such Partners with Answers unity with purpose? Mm. And that I hadn't um, heard of that app idea before. I think that's, yeah, really interesting. Um, I think when you had briefly outlined it before recording, um, there were some different elements that I read that it yeah. could be like a database of yeah. like all the living languages and their um, Bible translation status and mm-hmm. uh, resources for church to be able to um, help uh, support like, language groups. Yeah. Uh, I think those elements of it would be really cool. Like we don't really have much like that out there. And I think yeah. like the practice that we've brought into this podcast of praying for five nations every week, mm-hmm. that could be something that's on that app and would yeah. just um, 
raise people's, I guess, awareness and heart for nations and people yeah. in the world. I think that's a really could be a really cool part of that. Yeah, mm. for sure. It's a really interesting thing that I have encountered in the US, the amount of people where when I talk about a nation or something, they'll be like, oh, well, my geography is so terrible. And the <laughs> interesting about thing about the United States is this nation, um, I mean, one of the greatest sending nations in the world, you know, they have, <laughs> the church here has done <laughs> such an incredible work. Um, and yet at the same time, a lot of people here are not that aware of so many of the different things going on in the world because in the schooling system, it's quite US-centric. Um, whereas in New Zealand, we're such a small nation that there's only a really small segment of, you know, New Zealand history and then you're learning yes. history of the rest of the world. And so you do like, yeah. and not just geography, are you learning about the rest of the world, but you're learning about the rest of the world and a lot of other topics because it's just not mm. that much New Zealand stuff. And so, um, I was quite confronted by that when I came here. Um, and I think it's always interesting to me that when you share little tidbits of information with people about other nations then suddenly that sparks something in them to mm. then be like well I want to know about this other nation or the, or mm. they'll meet a person from a nation that they haven't heard about before the amount of people who I'll tell them I'm from New Zealand they're like what's that <laughs> like is that a wow. state well, there, I've even been asked by Americans yeah. is that a state yeah. and I'm like yeah. you don't know all 50 states like, yeah. what in the world I used to get asked that um, about the Philippines yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so and, and yeah. I mean New Zealand can be just as bad I have friends who have never left yeah. um, you know the suburb that we grew up in let alone that like some of them have yeah. never even gone into the city that I come from they just stayed in the little mm. suburb and um, and so we as humans can be so small minded and having um, these kinds of apps can just open up people's world to expand their imagination to expand their understanding and it's not possible for all people to travel the world you know people have financial issues in fact actually mm -hmm. it's, it's quite funny my husband is quite advent adventuresome and he's just down to travel and do all of those sorts of things but the majority of his family have vowed that they will never step on a plane so they're literally limiting their experience Wow! and they're like yeah. why would I go see the rest of the world when God has placed me in this beautiful beautiful area of the Blue Ridge Mountains and it's beautiful um but it's just such an affront to my thinking because I'm like I want to go to every nation and see the entire world right. you know so um yeah so helping people to experience the world without having to leave if that's not something that's on their heart I think can be a really powerful thing too yeah so. so I think there is something beautiful in the fact that we are made differently and some of us have this desire to go everywhere and some of us are perfectly content with where um not content is probably the wrong word but we that's where God's given us a heart for is where we are yeah and I think that's that diversity is great because if everyone wanted to travel <laughs> no one would say where they are right um, but yeah I think this kind of app is like um would be cool to just so they can stay where they are and also learn about other places and pray for other places. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And you could probably, I could see there being a whole lot of capacity for um, social networking within that sort of thing as well, mm -hmm. which would create, again, connectedness of realizing, hey, I thought I was one of the only people in the world doing this, but actually these people in this area and this area and this area, they're actually doing the same thing. And now we can glean from one another what worked, mm. what didn't work. Um, uh, I think those sorts of things can just be such a powerful tool for helping people to engage. And then mm. for seeing, oh, Mal, we're actually so the same. Because um, <laughs> when, when you have your differences in front of you so so starkly it can it can be really really difficult to miss uh or to sorry it can be difficult to see 
all of the ways mm. they were actually the same. Um, and mm. finding that common ground is also a great way of getting over the whole division factor. Mm. So, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Was there anything else on that that you had? Um, no, I don't think so. I, th- I think it kind of speaks for itself, um, what, we've just, mm-hmm. what we've just talked about. Um, yeah. the seeing that be developed would be amazing to see and um, mm. would love to hear people's ideas of how that could work and what people would want and what the functionality would look like and mm. all of that sort of thing. I think you'd probably have to have a pretty powerful system to get all of that working, you know. Um, yeah geniuses sure, yeah. involved <laughs> which is not which is yeah. not me I, I don't know how to do any of that stuff but I would love yeah, I would love to <laughs> love to see that happen <laughs> yeah it would be cool man it'd be awesome if there was like a like even like a prayer plan like for the nations on like some kind of app like yes yeah, yeah. anyway no, for sure <laughs> yeah uh, we've yeah. definitely we've created you know in google docs um Google yes. Google stuff, um, kind of a framework for praying for the nations where we've we've developed um, a kind of snapshot on each of the nations and then we, we do also have mm. a pr- like how to pray um, for the nations thing. But it would be, mm. be so cool if it was more functional, you could interact with it more. Like you say, it would be yeah. such a great thing for people to be able to um, have as part of their devotional life you know they like we have these incredible bible apps Mm. these days that have so much um connectivity and you can connect them with your notes app and you connect them with other apps where you can get screenshots of things and post it on instagram and you know do all of this stuff Mm. or just be so amazing to um be able to activate people in the prayer realm activate people in the missional realm like get them actually working together through an app that connected them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So we already kind of talked about obstacles to this unity with purpose, but I kind of want to just ask specifically, how does our current church culture that we experience um, provide both opportunities and obstacles to unity with purpose? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, I appreciated some of the thoughts that you brought out on this. Um, Alex sent me some kind of bullet points on on some of the things that she sees and I I spent a bit of time thinking about your your points actually Um, (laughs) and um, you 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 mentioned um, the church culture is departmentalized seeing the Great Commission is simply applied to people working in missions uh, and that we need to recognize God's mission essential to our being church and mm-hmm. I loved that you said that. Um, I think one of the ways that we can work out our salvation with fear and trembling is to get activated in the mission and the work of Christ. Um, it's often mm-hmm. as we do the thing, not just think about it, not just chew on it, um, it says be doers of the word, not hearers only. And um, And so I think... One of the letdowns of of some churches is that uh, they're often set up in order to um, elevate and create space for developing the church model. So when you go into a church, you kind of, you get in there, you serve in a certain capacity and it's all kind of working towards maybe eventually becoming a pastor or something, but there aren't often often pathways for other modes of service than the, you know, Sunday gatherings <laughs> and maybe mm-hmm. some some outreach factors that might happen in the city at certain times or you know, further abroad, but there's kind of just a model that has limited options. And so it would be really incredible to see more innovation uh, in the Mm. church of how certain things could be mobilized. Um, I really appreciate there's a charity called Charity Water and uh, how it was started was this guy 
he went to Africa and he actually ended up paying the mission organization that he went with because he had such a bad previous rap sheet that none of the mission agencies really wanted him. And he was like, well, I'll pay my way and I'll like take photographs and that's how we'll start. And he was there for a year. I think he, he decided he would tie the year of his life because he'd been so selfish for the rest of his time for, uh, for a, a number of years. And so he was like, I'll tie the year of my life. And he went and he noticed that the source of so many issues in, um, in Africa is the lack of access to clean water. He's like, if we could sort out the clean water factor, then that would solve this issue and this issue and this issue and this issue. And so he was like, well, I used to do um, the party scene in New York and I would have thousands and thousands of people come to my parties and I was a, an event uh, promoter. So I have all of these contacts. What if I could mobilize these people so that their giving, which they want to do, was going to something that would help the situation well when he got back to new york and was talking to these people they're like we want to give but we don't trust charities and so he created a business model where they track every single dollar that is spent and um they have a separate giving opportunity um i think it's something like 58 families fund all of their operational costs and they're just committed wow. to that ongoing. And then all the rest of the giving that goes towards this organization goes directly to projects that are providing water mm -hmm. for people. And they're able to, like, I, I give to them. And every month I get a report and it tells me exactly how every one of my dollars is spent. And I'm not mm -hmm. giving that much money. But the uh, level of account accountability is so incredible. Mm -hmm. And um, I appreciate that kind of innovation. Because it creates specific pathways for specific people. Because I start to think, wow, the person who was behind creating that, it can't have been just the guy who founded the organization. He worked with developers. He worked with all of these sorts of things. And I've loved getting to hear so many of the other elements of Bible translation that people can be involved in as we've done this podcast, realizing like, well, this isn't just about those that missionary couple that went off to that land. No, they have teams. Mm. They have people that they're mm. connected to. They are trying to mobilize and activate people to do specific jobs. And we need people who are good with software. We need people who um, are pilots. We need so many different mm. things. Um, so I think uh, the way, one of the things that I could see uh, the church growing in as a whole is understanding how much we actually need each other and how, mm. you know, accountants can be mobilized for the kingdom and how <laughs> um, yeah. every single person and every single gifting can be valuable in a church setting, not just those who might want to do, quote unquote, full-time ministry. Mm. Yeah, so, that's really good. I appreciated I, uh, your comment on that. <laughs> there was a long way of saying that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Going back to what you brought up that um, we need to recognize God's mission is central to our being the church. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that there's a need for a perspective shift because um, missions is often seen as an activity of the church, mm -hmm. um, but sort of realizing it's actually not our activity it's it's god's mission in the world that we're invited to be a part of as the body of christ mm -hmm. and like you say the different roles that we can all play in that as the body of christ and it because yeah we often tend to limit it to missions as these this couple that we sent off and that's them yeah. doing missions you know yeah um but the role that the church has in supporting them and um things like that um so having that greater perspective i think is yeah, Quite yeah. Important. I loved your wording there, the um, shift from church-centered mission to mission-centered church. I think that's a great summary. <laughs> I think it's yeah, an awesome I don't, summary. I don't think that's my wording. I probably can't take credit for that. I did a, <laughs> um, a paper over summer on uh, ecclesiology church, and I think 
that's probably taken from some book that I read when yeah. I was doing a, writing a paper on mission in the church. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it says yeah. in Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun. I don't, <laughs> I don't know that any of us yeah. has really ever had an yeah. original thought. We're so conditioned by everything around us. But mm. I, I did appreciate what you had written mm. um, and, yeah. and wherever it came from, I thought that that was an awesome line. <laughs> <laughs> any any opportunities that we see in, in our current church culture for this unity? Or have we touched on that already? Yeah. Um, I think that there are some factors going on where um, things are shifting. I can I, I think of, um, I, I do study through a school called Theos U, and mm-hmm. it's been an, a really interesting thing to see their model of um, pioneering higher education. You know, they have um, they have Theos U, which is basically Netflix for theology. And so any person can go ahead and watch that because they're wanting to make theology for everyone. Um, and so with with things like that going out in the world, it's kind of creating an equal playing field because now you don't have to go to seminary to understand all of these crazy concepts. You can just be average Joe sitting in the back of the church, but getting equipped um, to understand these deep, the deeper things that we might not be taught about on a Sunday in our local church gathering. Um, And I think Mm. that's the opportunity that we have right now with the connectedness that we have um, through online apps and models and all of that sort of thing, where we, we have more capacity than ever to go to God and ask him for strategies to connect with people through the tools that, are there for the taking and I think some of some of what has been an issue is that the church has kind of gone oh no social media is full of people doing the wrong stuff that we don't want our kids to get into instead of seeing the opportunity to harness it and Mm -hmm. use it as a way that the church can impact the world more than we've ever been able to before that's kind of where I see opportunity I see that the church can harness what's going on in its own way to um, create growth and to build disciples. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, I think I like what you're highlighting. There's the, the capacity for networking that we have today is yeah is huge. Um, yeah. And obviously, using those tools requires a lot of wisdom and thought. That mm-hmm. can, and is a whole other conversation that we won't go into now because we've already. <laughs> the whole episode but yeah yeah for sure Mm. yeah um yeah i guess we'll move on to our praying for the nations segment now um so today we'll be praying for the cayman islands central african republic chad chile and china so would you like to pray for those today esther yes i'd love to father we thank you for these nations we thank you for the people of these nations we thank you for all of the people groups and and their different languages Um, God, I bring before you every leader. I bring before you um, the prime ministers and the presidents and um, all the different people who are in office. I I bring before you the different levels of corruption in these nations. And I ask um, that you would bring wisdom and understanding and transformation to each and every single one. God, uh, you love all of these people. And you can and will and do move in these nations. And so I speak your salvation. I ask for workers to go and and to be sent into these places and to see an incredible harvest. I pray for any um, translation works that are currently happening in any of these nations. And I think of people who... Do wild things. Uh, people, I remember stories of people smuggling Bibles into China, and I, I just I pray for those people, and I pray for the persecuted church in some of these places, and that you would strengthen them, and uh, lift them up, and cause them to thrive in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Sweet. So um, 
we have a, a small segment here where we share some of our news and so um, the current stuff going on with Eversmith. I, I mentioned it last episode, but we're working with some churches around Nashville to see a complete ceasefire in the city of Nashville over the Juneteenth weekend and stuff with that has been progressing. We actually just made a connection with the sheriff um, and he's going to be uh, filming a video with us speaking to the city about um, his heart for this vision. And so that's really, really exciting for us because um, <laughs> what an influential person to speak to the city and um, especially of recent times um, in the U.S., the relationship between the police and the people has not always been great. And one of the things that we want to see come to pass through this whole thing is a uniting of the people with the police and and seeing, hey, we're actually for each other. Um, so we're really, really excited about that. And yeah, that's one of our key things so far. Ooh. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, for Wycliffe, we, it's also kind of the same stuff as the last time, but we've got the two translations that are hoping to get published this year, the Puka mm-hmm. in New Testament and Psalms and the Matixala whole Bible. Um, mm-hmm. So if you guys keep praying for those, the typesetting and the publishing and printing of all that would go to plan. And, um, mm-hmm. and then we've also got our 60th anniversary celebrations in September. Oh, and there's a few things also hoping to be published by then. We've got a coffee table book that we're putting together um, of all these stories from all of our members over the past 60 years. And then we've also got some members that are working on their own books. Um, so, so yeah, cool. just lots of things to be published. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that is us for today. Thanks everyone for listening. If you um, liked it, make sure you share it and um, with others and we'll be back next month with another episode. See you guys. Bye.